Welcome to the Trust Your Gut Podcast. I'm your host, Demi Fair. Here we dive into the world of the mind-body connection, exploring the gut-brain axis, microbiome, and nervous system while harnessing the power of intuition and connection to spirit. If you struggle with chronic digestive and mental stress and are tired of trying just one more diet or supplement to address your symptoms, then this is the place for you. Join me as we learn from the world of science and medicine, but also from nature, our own inner knowing, and personal stories. Thank you for tuning in, and now it's time to trust your gut. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Trust Your Gut podcast. Today's topic, everybody's talking about it is the vagus nerve and a podcast that focuses on the gut brain connection would not be complete without an episode dedicated solely to talking about the vagus nerve. Of course, this has come up in past episodes on nervous system 101 and how gut health affects mental health and vice versa. But today I want to dedicate a little episode to just the vagus nerve. And this will be just a nice overview about the vagus nerve. And I'm sure there will be future episodes where I'll dig into different aspects of it. So the vagus nerve is the 10th cranial nerve out of 12. It is called the wanderer because it's the longest nerve in the body. So it starts at our brainstem and travels down into our gut, into our intestines, penetrating the intestinal wall. And along the way, it connects to every organ. So it has an influence over a lot of systems and organs in our body. Now, we've talked about the vagus nerve as its role in the gut-brain connection. It's one of the main communication pathways between the gut and the brain, given that it connects into the brainstem and then down into the gut, and it helps transfer those signals back and forth. So it's playing a role in our digestive function and how well we're digesting things. We will have hormones released when we feel hunger in our stomach, in our gut, and it will send signals up through the vagus nerve to our brain, letting us know, oh, I'm hungry, time to eat. And then we go about the process of getting some food, seeing the food, smelling the food, that whole digestive process is triggered in our brain now, and the saliva begins to form, and now a message is sent back down from our brain through our vagus nerve to the gut to say, hey, I'm getting ready to eat. It's time to eat. And then the vagus nerve helps the digestive system begin the process of preparing for digestion. So that will support all the different secretions that need to happen in the stomach, in the pancreas, in the gallbladder. The vagus nerve is helping to send these signals and support the process and the function of all these different aspects of digestion. So another big 
piece of the vagus nerve is that it is the main component of our parasympathetic state. Specifically, it is the main component of the ventral vagal, which is our rest and digest state. It's the state that we want to be in for optimal digestion, optimal immune function, optimal function throughout our body. It's where we feel most balanced, grounded, calm, connected to ourselves or to others. We feel curious. It's where our heart rate and our breathing rate feels smooth, calm, and steady. And so the vagus nerve is helping to control our nervous system response and helping us to be in that ventral vagal state that we need to be in to properly digest our food and also to feel more resilient to the stressors that we face day to day and to come out of any time that we're in a sympathetic fight or flight response. It helps us come back out and restore and regulate after that activation. So this is why when we're in a stressed out state, we might start to notice things happening in our gut and why if we're in that fight or flight state when we're trying to eat, we might miss a lot of those digestive functions because the signals were missed as the vagus nerve wasn't totally online. The other thing that can happen here is if we've had chronic or traumatic stress throughout our life is that it can weaken our vagal tone, which means our vagus nerve is not very strong. One of the ways that we measure the strength of our vagus nerve is by vagal tone, and that really just emphasizes the strength of it. How strong is your vagus nerve to do all these functions and to support your resiliency to stressors? And as I mentioned, chronic and traumatic stress is one of the main ways that vagal tone is weakened over time. Now, once we see weakened vagal tone, we'll start to see a lot of digestive issues pop up. Many of the digestive symptoms that we experience can be traced back or connected to low vagal tone. We see a lot of lower neurotransmitters like serotonin or dopamine, which are very responsible for our mood and our emotions. So then we're also seeing a response in our mental health. Then we're also seeing a response in our nervous system health because with a weaker vagal tone, we might have a harder time going into a ventral vagal state. Maybe we are a bit more overactivated in our fight or flight and we have a harder time coming into that ventral vagal. The other component here of the vagus nerve and the nervous system is that the vagus nerve is also connected into our dorsal vagal response. So that is our state of immobilization or freeze. This is where we have been in an overactivation of our sympathetic for too long or something just happens too fast and is too overwhelming for the system that we couldn't even do anything to fight or flight and we go into this immobilization. 
And this is where we can actually just feel literally immobile or frozen, like a deer in headlights, or we might notice it as depression, apathy, hopelessness, difficulty speaking, just feeling like you can't move, immense fear. There might be a lot of shame and guilt. And so this is another space that we can go into that is going to start impacting the way that our nervous system is functioning and the way that our gut is functioning and our mental health. And we don't want to stay in this state for very long. It has its purpose. It's a really brilliant, brilliant evolutionary adaptation from our nervous system to keep us safe. But if we're getting stuck in this space, we'll start to notice a lot of issues in our mental health and digestive health and maybe begin to feel less resiliency to when stress comes up. We might just start to feel totally apathetic and depressed, shut down, fatigued, or frozen. So the vagus nerve is also navigating that state, taking us into that if the system deems that that's appropriate. So... In talking about vagal tone, one of the ways that we measure vagal tone is through heart rate variability, and that just measures how much time between your heartbeats. So we want it to be a higher variability, which means that we have better vagal tone. And if it's lower variability, like it's the same time between most of our heartbeats, that indicates we have lower vagal tone. There aren't really any other good measurements for looking at our vagal tone at this time, but I would say another measurement is just noticing if you get stressed out easily or overwhelmed, if you seem to be stuck in a state of hypervigilance or anxiety or irritability and anger, or if you feel stuck in a state of depression, hopelessness, apathy, shutdown, freeze, also looking at your digestive symptoms. And if you start to work on your gut-brain connection and your nervous system and supporting your vagus nerve and those things start to improve, then you're likely seeing that your vagal tone is also improving. But if you're into measuring your heart rate variability, that's also something you can do to get an insight into how your vagus nerve is functioning now. So there's a lot of ways to increase vagal tone. Um, One of the main ways is through vagus nerve stimulation, and that's actually implying electrical impulses to the vagus nerve, and that's not something that is affordable or really available to people. There are some, I think, little gadgets out there you can probably get from a doctor, but I don't know how readily accessible that is, and that can be a really intense and kind of intrusive way to do so. So um, in my free guide, I talk about the vagus nerve and vagal tone and list all of the practices that are well known for helping to increase vagal tone that um, are really easy and free and likely things that you do already like meditation or breath work, uh, yoga, time outside in nature, laughter, play, positive connections with people, cold therapy, whether you, you know, do cold plunges or cold showers or just splash cold water on your face, gargling, 
can be one. And then singing, humming, chanting, toning, certain sound practices, those can all activate the vagus nerve. And I want to talk about that a little bit further here. So something I've been reflecting on lately, I was considering the mind-body connection and where the mind and body physically connect when we when we're looking at the body and we consider you know the mind kind of as the head space and then the rest of the body where is that connection point and I see it as the throat space right and this is really like the thinnest spot of the body too it kind of looks like a bridge between the two and when I realized that I started to think about the throat chakra and how it's all about speaking and communication. A big part of that is feeling like you're able to speak your truth, to express yourself authentically as who you are, to set boundaries and speak your needs and stand up for yourself, and how empowering all those things are for really opening this area of our body. And then I started to think about the vagus nerve and how it's so connected to this space, how it's connected to our vocalization and it can actually impact the the tone of our voice or the cadence of our voice and how quickly or slowly we speak. And that can tell us a lot about somebody's nervous system state and the health of their vagus nerve. And so I was considering that and how singing and sounding and humming and chanting and mantras have been part of all cultures and of human existence since we were able to make sound. Just how important those practices are. And those practices when we're able to sing hum sound if you do an embodiment practice you might be encouraged to just like make noise and let noise come out of you and it can be such a cathartic thing and it can feel so good and healing and I think that is because it's engaging the vagus nerve so well and it's bridging that gap between mind and body So if we feel like we are blocked in our throat chakra, and I would say I work with a lot of my clients who are, they weren't able to speak their truth um, for most of their life and they feel like their breath gets stuck there or there's just like a dead zone of energy there. So if we feel blocked there, if we feel like our mind and body aren't like feeling really connected, like maybe we live up in our mind and we're just monkey mind all day and it's just go, go, go. We don't really feel like we're really in our body or it could be the other way. It's less likely, but someone might just feel totally in their body where maybe they just feel sensations really, really strongly. They're just like really embodied and unable to like think critically or make decisions or feel like they're able to integrate information perhaps that disconnection between mind and body a pathway to merging that is to sing and vocalize and make noise and speak your truth 
express yourself authentically, whatever that means to you. I mean, we use our voices so much in our day-to-day life for so many different things. So perhaps that might resonate with you as something that could be a really important practice for you if that seems like that sounded like something you go through at all. So I will speak to now that um, I am offering a five-month live group program called Gut Brain Healing Toolkit. And of course, the vagus nerve is a really important part of what we will go over as it relates to the gut-brain connection and to our nervous system. And I have a a whole collection of deeper, more specific, unique practices that I've created or gathered from another resource that goes beyond the typical recommended practices for increasing your vagal tone, like breathing and meditation and cold therapy and gargling and singing. It might utilize some of these things, but really focuses on some deeper practices for supporting our vagal tone. So if this is of interest to you, I encourage you to get into the show notes and get on the wait list as this is a huge part of this program. It's filled with a ton of practical tools and resources and somatic practices to help you achieve better regulation in your nervous system, in your gut-brain connection, in your vagus nerve, and be able to really create a toolkit that works well for you and your body and what's going on with you. There's a lot more uh, that's a part of this program. I'm not going to spend this episode talking about it. Get on the wait list and you'll be the first to know about all that information. All that being said, one thing I just want to point out is that Sometimes we're looking for information, looking for information, what's going to help heal me, and we'll land on something like the vagus nerve. It's such a hot topic right now. And it's like, oh my God, that's the answer. It's my vagus nerve. It's my vagal tone. I just need to improve it and make it better. So maybe I just need to, you know, gargle all day and sing all day. And, um, you know, that's great if you want to gargle all day and sing all day. But if you're not addressing the sources of your stress, the sources of your dysregulation, which is often either something going on in your life, maybe the way that you are navigating the day-to-day, or most often it is past trauma and past chronic stress patterns that are still alive in your nervous system, then just gargling and singing all day is not going to do anything. I'm sorry. I mean, it's going to help. It's, it's going to be great, but you can only get so far. It's the same thing with diet and supplementation. You know, are you using diet and supplementation to make up for living a really stressed out lifestyle? So this is why this is one part of a bigger picture of all the different tools that we might utilize to help us heal. And it's really bio-individual, which is why I provide um, kind of a huge resource library so that you can find what works best for you. So again, vagus nerve is one piece of the puzzle. It's a really big, important piece, but our overall support of our 
resiliency to stress and our nervous system regulation and the nourishment of our gut-brain connection is going to support our vagus nerve. It's not going to be just one of these vagal tone increasing exercises. That's one tool in the toolbox. So we will end there for today and keep this shorter as a nice introduction to the vagus nerve and what it does in our body and how it plays such an important role specifically in the gut-brain connection and in our autonomic nervous system response. We will certainly talk about the vagus nerve more in this podcast and of course in the upcoming program that I mentioned with a lot of practical tools to help support the health of the vagus nerve. And of course, anything you do to support your gut health is also going to support the vagus nerve. Before you go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe, leave a rating or review, and share it. That helps it reach others who will benefit from this information. So much gratitude for you. Have a beautiful day.